0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into a special edition of the Sports Plus Podcast. We're going all Olympics for this episode as the opening ceremonies are set for Friday in Tokyo. And with a special episode, we have some special guests, of course. I'm Corey Miller, here with Renny Knott and Casey Nolan, who have some firsthand experience when it comes to everything Olympics, so it only made sense to bring them on. First things first, we got to talk about the elephant in the room. The Olympics being held while the world still battles the Mm -hmm. coronavirus, of course games were pushed back from 2020 to 2021. I just, first off, wanted to get both your thoughts on what we've seen so far from a COVID angle, really in the Olympics and how it may still be impacted. Randy, you go first. Yeah. I think right now we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you obviously with so many athletes
1: around each other, and even as they're getting vaccinated, we're finding out that the vaccinations aren't hundred uh, percent, which we knew that going in because of the efficacy rates. But I understand why they want to push forward. They lost a lot of money in 2020 by not having these games. These facilities were built and are ready to go. Um, and they say that they're going to do the best they can. And that's all you can ask. But it really is sad to see a guy like Bradley Beal, who's worked so hard, who's on top of this game, you know, the hometown kid, not being able to go because of a positive test. Yeah. You know? and, and so you, you wonder, as this moves forward, will they be able to protect
0: enough athletes to really have a fair games when all is said and done? Good point. Casey, what are your thoughts on the whole COVID uh, I- Olympics uh, relationship here?
2: Well, I agree with Rennie. I think we're just, uh, we're going to see more and more athletes test positive. You know, there's been reporting out there that the IOC has not ruled out canceling certain events. Um, and he's absolutely right. Look at the money they've invested. So, you know, the the reporting out of Japan is that the public doesn't want to go forward with these games there, but the IOC wants. To, the IOC needs to collect money. They need money from NBC. NBC is by far the biggest rights holder in the world. There's a lot of money at stake. They're not going to get any of that fan money. You know, the tickets and things of that nature. The the fans aren't going to be in the stands. I think one other thing to consider when you think about the whether it be the Japanese government or the you know the the Olympic committee in Japan pushing to go forward with these. We are, what, uh, less than six months away from the Winter Olympics, which will Mm -hmm. be in their uh, regional rival China. Beijing will be holding the Winter Olympics. And, you know, from what I read coming out of Japan, there is a sense of, uh, you know, competition there. They don't want to they don't want to they want to save face. They don't want to have to cancel the games in Japan only to have China turn around and pull it off just a few months later.
1: You know, there's another part of this too, Casey, and you, you know it well. When we go to these places for the Olympics, there's a downtime. You like to, you know, sightsee and, and get a taste of the culture. Well, all these athletes who are going into Japan, into Tokyo, won't have that experience. Basically, they're on lockdown once they get into the uh, Olympic Village, They can only leave to go through their venue for them to play their game or, or take part in their sport or to practice. And so the opportunity yeah. to go see all the neon and take in the foods and things like that, you're not going to be able to take part in it. And I, I think that's a huge part of the experience that they're going to miss out on because how many opportunities do you have to go to the Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Maybe yeah. once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, a few do get to go to multiple ones, but usually it's just a one-time uh, lifetime opportunity. And then you think, well, how many of these kids are ever going to get a chance to experience a culture like Japan? Well, now they're and not I think the about, part that at all.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I think about it and I think about the focus and I think it could affect them one of two ways. You know, The focus that these athletes have is, I think, what sets them apart and makes them world-class, the way they're able to, to focus for years in obscurity. And in most cases, most of them are not household names. They're not superstar athletes. So, okay, so how does this affect their focus when they go into this situation with no fans, all missing all the things you just talked about? On one hand, maybe it allows them to focus more they have fewer distractions. They don't have all of the perks that you just talked about. On the other hand, though, how do you, I wonder how, how do you get up for this once-in-a-lifetime experience in an empty stadium? I don't mm-hmm. know. I think the mental mm-hmm. aspect is even more of a challenge. It's on another level than I could even comprehend to begin with. I think it's even harder now.
0: Yeah. Well, on a smaller scale, we saw that with teams playing here, baseball and everything with mm-hmm. empty stadiums, and they said it impacted them. Let's let's look back. You led into this a little bit with your guys' personal experiences. Mm-hmm. I, I've got both of you guys on here. I want to get some stories a little bit. Both of you guys <laughs> oh, have covered the games whoa, in person. <laughs>
1: whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. Randy, we'll start with you. How many games have you been to, and what are a few moments that really uh, stick out to you? And just oh, remember so
2: yeah. we've what we've we've promised each other we would never
1: reveal publicly. <laughs> Randy, and
0: we there's did no, go there's only the once.
2: good,
1: clean stuff we'll give up right now. <laughs> well, I've been to three Olympic Games. I went to uh, Athens in 2004. Went to London in 2012, and then I was in Pyeongchang for 2018 for the Winter Olympics. I missed the two in between because I was dealing with a blood clot situation in my lungs, so I couldn't travel. But uh, what I remember about 2004 being in Athens is the history of the world there. You know, you're looking at the history of the Games itself, the birthplace. Mm. But at the same time, you're seeing these, these ancient ruins. And I take more of that away from the Olympics than the actual Games, because believe it or not, that year I did not attend a single event. All I did was reporting from afar uh, because of the time change. Uh, when we were in London, uh, it was it was great. It was another one that was a little hectic, a lot of traveling from the hotel by bus to the venue and back. But in case he remembers this night very well, we had tickets, we had an opportunity to watch the Dream Team play one night and that was incredible to see. We also had a chance to go watch Usain Bolt win the 100 meters uh, that night in the stadium 88,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs for what appeared to be 10 seconds and probably less than that going, (laughs) okay, that was fun. But to be a part of it was incredible. And then I think the other thing I take away from that particular Olympics was being able to interview so many of our top athletes live, you know, members of the U.S. uh, soccer team, women's soccer team, members of the volleyball team. You know, Serena Williams came up and talked to me. Tyson Gay came up and talked to me. And then Pyeongchang 2018, that was just incredible because I'd never been to a Winter Olympics, never really experienced winter sports. And so to watch curling in person was awesome. To see the figure skating at that level in person was awesome. But to be there on the afternoon that the US women's hockey team beat Canada for the gold medal in a shootout, and then to stand there as the American flag went up, I mean, I'm a grown man. I try to be as tough as possible. But there were tears, man. There yeah. were tears. You really felt it in your heart. You really felt proud to be an American in that time. You yeah. think, man, this is my team. This is my country. So those are the things I take away from the three I attended. That's pretty cool. Casey, how many have you been to? Uh, three as well. The, my first time was with Rennie
2: in 2012 in London. Yeah. And I think that, first of all, that the scale of it all, I think I was just blown away by the massive apparatus around it that is the Olympics—it's just impressive to see, you know, it, just to, just to see the the IOC pull something like that off. To see London pull it off, um, it, it the same thing. It, so then, when Rennie wasn't able to go in in 2014, then a few months later, uh, I went to Sochi solo that was also impressive but the, the winter olympics are smaller just to begin with there are fewer events it doesn't last as long it was in russia it was in a very kind of in a bubble environment if you will in london we were really mixed in with the city we would i even took the tube a few times to stories sochi was a little different still impressive Um, And then Rio, uh, Ryan Dean and I went to Rio and that was kind of the best of all worlds. It was mixed in with the city. It was a beautiful setting on the beach half the time. Uh, Just incredible. I think what though the thread through all of them, I'll never get tired of walking through the Olympic Village. That was Mm -hmm. what was amazing when you're just like, oh, we can get along. As humans. (laughs) Oh, people, people do, you know, you know, like for instance, in Sochi, now think about the tension between Russia and the US historically. And maybe we were in a brief window there in 2014 when things weren't as heated. Um, because not long after that, geopolitical things kind of blew up. But you know, you you Americans stand out wherever we go just by the way we dress, and maybe we're a little loud sometimes. And people want to practice their, their English with you, or they want Mm -hmm. to take a selfie with you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, this is cool. And, and then we get to, you know, try the food, try the, you know, learn the culture. So I just on a kind of a a human uh, level, I just really have, have enjoyed that experience at all three times when it's just a lot of fun to there. There's just, it's just a great atmosphere when the world truly it's corny, but truly does come together for a few days there.
1: That sounds Yeah. Cool. You know, one thing you forgot to mention about London, London was where we actually met Ann Allred. That's, That's right. The gymnastics for Boston that year. Yes. She was working in the Boston station, covering the gymnastics team. And we were here at the hotel all the time, running out. And I remember one night in particular, I believe they won the gold medal that night or whatever. And Allie Raisman was the person that she was following. So we're coming into the hotel, probably midnight, one o'clock in the morning. She's running out. And she's got to go out and do live shots for Boston. Oh, like, she was burning. That's, that's the camp. way that the world ends. goes.
2: I'll never forget that Rennie quick story. Rennie and I, I think we were doing a press conference. We were recording something. And Ann comes up to us and says, I know who you guys are. You're ready not You're Casey Nolan. I'm thinking, yeah, the word is traveled of our fine Olympic reporting. People are kind of taking notice. Uh, yeah. And she's like, I'm from St. Louis. I,
1: I am. Yeah, and yeah. With,
2: with, Without saying as much, she essentially said she grew up watching us.
1: I was like, okay, never mind. Yeah. There we go. Just, just go not, ahead and date us with our ages real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. Not a,
2: not yeah. a fan.
1: But uh, yeah, no, that was that a was great, great memory. <laughs>
0: Let's dive into this year a little bit. Some great stories there from you guys. We have quite a few folks representing St. Louis and the greater area as a whole. Missouri, a little bit of Illinois here. Let's look at some of them real quick. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum on basketball supposed to be Bradley Beal. Already you already mentioned he's yeah. not going to be playing yeah. Nafisa Collier on the women's side mm-hmm. in basketball. How big would it be for one of these two guys, well, not two guys, either Beal or Collier to bring home a gold. I think Jojo White and Bill Bradley are the only two yeah. from the area to yeah. win basketball gold. Well,
1: I, I think the women who are going for their seventh straight Olympic gold medal have a great shot at it. But how about the idea that all three of these people know each other, yeah. know each other very well. You know, you look at Collier and you look at Jason Tatum, they're in high school at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, basically... Equals when it comes to the elevation of basketball that they have, but it would have been tremendous for all three to be there. I think Collier's got the best chance. I'm not so sure about the men's basketball right now. You know, they got off to a shaky start then they blew out a couple of people, but I, I think it's a different way that they play basketball. I think the women play better together. I think the men tried to you know, play their own game. Thus, it takes away from the overall uh, goal of winning the gold. So we'll
0: see. You can't doubt the talent, though. I, and I'll tell you, if, no. if, the, if, the men don't, <laughs> if the men don't win, uh, U.S. basketball is going to be hearing that for a long oh, time. Oh, a long time, yeah. Uh, let's move on. We'll talk a little hammer throwing here because we've got two hammer throwers mm-hmm. to talk about. Casey, you're f- familiar with Deanna Price pretty well. She looks like a favorite to win gold, and she could even just keep topping her own record. She looks unstoppable right now.
2: It's incredible. And I know we're going to talk about Gwen Berry too. the fact that both of them are making noise. And like you said, Deanna, you know, more of the odds are more in her favor to podium. It wasn't that long ago that the, the U.S. women were just a non-factor in the throwing sports. And here they are. She's both of them have been breaking records. Deanna is setting uh, setting the world on fire in a lot of ways, I think. So starting with Deanna, I just think it's amazing, her story. And, and I'm sure Gwen's parallels this because this is – when they were coming up through high school playing sports, this particular event was not an option for women in Missouri mm-hmm. high school athletics. So, um, you know, for – on Deanna's side, she learned – and I'm going to be profiling one of her early coaches, a man by the name of Gary Cooper in Lincoln County on a farm – outside of Troy where he just had a love for the sport. His kids were involved and then more kids started coming around and and his ability to help kids grew by word of mouth. And the next thing, you know, he's got a hammer throw shot, put discus, throwing rink ring, a mat in his front yard. He just turned his house into a training facility, went out, got, got the the ground graded and and inspected and it's an official spot where they can even uh mark a record with u.s track and field if someone were to throw one there and that's where she learned this sport and got herself a college scholarship to siu carbondale and has just gone on from there um so it's it's incredible uh the 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 gains that she has made the way she's throwing the hammer and what she's doing for the sport in this area especially when i was out talking to gary he had a whole uh you know a whole complement of athletes women and young men and they all look to deanna as a role model of what is possible now that she's just you know flipping the script
0: when Barry obviously been in the news a lot too. She not only for her performance, she qualified. She's going to Tokyo, but her stance as an activist as well. Ahmad Hicks has done some some good interviews with her, breaking down her side. Rennie, in this day and age, do you think it's still surprising how polarizing her protest has been, with so many people uh, either just vilifying her, her or holding her up? I mean, it it doesn't shock me at all.
1: I mean, I think that's just where we are, the world in general. You go all the way back to the 1968 games, and those guys raised their fists on the stand, and they're being able to be kicked out of Mexico City. So, it shouldn't shock and surprise you. Um, but more power to her in the sense that she's standing up for what she believes in. She's using her platform, her stage, to bring awareness. Whether or not people love her, hate her, really doesn't matter to her. What matters to her is that she feels like she's seizing the moment. And as I said earlier, these are once in a lifetime opportunities to go to the Olympics. But she feels like this is where I need to stand and let the world know how I feel and how I view my
0: own personal world in America. Yeah, for sure, she's definitely going to be one to follow. Uh, and I'll Angel. just say, I'll yeah, just say ahead. a little
2: bit one more on that is that you know, just as uh, Gwen is using her platform um, to 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 take a take a stand against racial injustice in things, you know, Deanna gets. Uh, emotional when she hears the star spangled banner. And I know is always really um, taking a lot of pride in representing her country. And the two of them support each other from everything I've gathered from what they've told us. And, and you can see it in the photos that they, you know, are captured together, hugging each other, supporting each other. So I think, I think that's a beautiful thing too, kind of that Olympic spirit they, in that moment, when the national anthem played at the Olympic trials, the two of them had a different posture, but they both support each other from everything I can tell.
0: it's a good point there, Casey. Uh, a few more local folks we'll get to here. Tyler Downs, this kid is impressive, Rennie. You've been following okay, okay. him forever. I, need to, I discovered
1: Tyler Downs yeah. back when he was a six-year-old. <laughs> so the background story here is that Tyler's mom and my wife are friends. Her mom was talking about how you know he dives and her wife because you really got to go do a story with him he's six. so I go to Clayton Pool and I watched him jump off the platform and I'm going, how can this little kid jump off that thing that high so bravely and everything else And then as you watched him progress, you realize he really is better than everybody he's diving around at least locally. Then you see him go to those other platforms to pan Am games and travel the world and everything else. And so when he made it that night to realize the dream, I mean I was it's hard to explain. I was very emotional about it because I'm thinking, man, this is like watching your own kid realize the dream at the age of 17. He's well ahead of schedule. Yeah. I mean, he turned 18 the other day, but to be that young and to be that good and only going to get better because for a diver, you could probably go to your like 30 years old and still do very well. And he's got a good head on his shoulders. So as long as he learns from this experience, because he's not among the favorites, but if he learns in this experience, it maybe surprises a few people. The future is going to be great. But, man, I tell you, it's it's like watching Jason Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> Another one you saw from the beginning get to where he is today, and you just
0: hope and pray that everything comes out well. Since done. he's so young, he has a chance to be one of the most prolific St. Louis yeah. athletes yeah. ever.
1: Yeah. Well, and he'll probably be that one that no one remembers because he dies. Diving. And you only think about diving four times, you know, yeah. not four times, but every four years
0: you think about, oh, yes, yeah, in the Olympics.
1: Um, but if he brings back the gold, you won't
0: forget him. Looking forward to watching him compete. We got a couple distance runners with local ties, Mizzou's Carissa Schweizer mm-hmm. and Emily Sisson, who uh, ran for Parkway Central for a time. Oh, yeah. Chris is running in the 5,000 and the 10,000, which I just can't even fathom. <laughs> you can uh, drive your
1: car like that. Yeah, yeah,
0: we could get some distance champs. Uh, I don't know how they do it, but uh, looking forward to that on the track.
2: You mentioned the distance runners, Schweizer. Yeah. So I was reading about her. And how she ended up at Mizzou she's an athlete she's a distance runner in Iowa growing up in high school her dad's convinced she's got some talent but she's just not making much noise getting no scholar college scholarship officer offers they're on their way to a meet they stop at a subway where the Mizzou team has stopped to eat on a way to a meet I, I, I don't know if it was just like a large event that had both high school and college kids I'm not sure if it was the same but nevertheless they stop at a subway where the mizzou track team has stopped her dad figures out which one is the coach and says you need to watch my daughter he's like all right he does next thing you know she's the mizzou takes a chance on her and and now she wow. just continues to improve as she's gotten older know, and now that was the story yeah.
0: she her and Jaden cox are probably the two most impressive athletes ever in mizzou history so mm-hmm. wow yeah.
2: I just thought that was incredible that, you know, here she is flying under the radar. You, 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 I think that's what blows me away about the Olympics. You just assume, oh, well, they've always been the best athlete or they, they've been a prodigy since they were five. Not necessarily. It really mm-hmm. is about hard work and focus. Obviously you have to have a, a large amount of athletic skill, but some of them weren't even the best in uh, in their high school. They weren't even the best in their college. And now they're the best in the world.
1: Yeah. It comes to that fuel that you have inside, that burning desire to accomplish. And I think a lot of people take negativity and turn it around and really use that to drive them and keep them committed. It takes a lot of effort just to play any sport. Imagine trying to be one of the best in the world, because when you think about basketball, football or something like that here in America, you just have to be the best guy at that time on that team in order to play. But when you step to the world stage, you have to be at the best in the world
0: because you have to beat all the other best in the world to mm-hmm. reign supreme. So, Casey, let's talk briefly about a guy who's not going to Tokyo, but he's worth talking about. Mizzou wrestler, Columbia, Missouri native Jaden Cox won't be competing. Just a really weird and, and tough break, uh, weigh-in and in procedural violation that's going to keep him out of a chance for gold and it just stinks cuz if you get to talk to this kid at all you immediately want to root for him and it, i just feel terrible for him
2: he's one of the most dynamic positive inspirational human beings i've ever been around had the the honor and the privilege of being up close and personal with him at rio when he would you know and, and when he came off the mat and he would give you just undivided attention to as many people who wanted to talk to him He's so passionate and so talented. He had um, decided to go up a weight class and really go for it and take on the top guy in the U.S. And like you said, there was a snafu of some kind with his coach apparently giving him the wrong weigh-in time. And so on a technicality, because he showed up a few minutes late and he did not weigh in exactly when he was supposed to. He was DQ'd. He has kept that coach and he seems to be taking it in stride you know he's given some interviews since then he's i mean he's, he's potentially the best in the world and that's what he's determined now He's said that he's he's determined to set out to prove that no doubt that he will it's just heartbreaking that it's going to be another four years like rennie said the window of when you peak athletically you just don't know how long it's going to be open um, so hopefully in four more years, he's still because he got a, he got the bronze in 16 down in Rio when it was really people didn't expect him to make the Olympics until 2020. He was just coming out of Mizzou, had to switch wrestling styles. They do a different style at NCAA. He's multiple national champ, but all of a sudden he qualifies and then goes on to, to get a bronze. Might have even had a chance at silver or gold, but there was a little confusion there, and and with his coach and what was going on in the match and different things there. So he's had a couple of really rough breaks. But uh, you know, this is if if for people who may not remember, he also plays the guitar, sings the national anthems, the football game, like Mm -hmm. just you know, does poetry. He's Mm -hmm. he had an injury in one of his ears from wrestling. Started learning sign language. Does all kinds of work in the community back in Columbia, Missouri, his hometown. I mean, he's just the kind of guy you want to be when you grow up. Uh, And I really hope, I really hope that he's still in peak form come 2024.
0: I saw a quote. He said, he's going to bring the wrath of God (laughs) the next time he's he's able to go for it. So I definitely wouldn't bet against him, Uh, which is something he would only do on the mat. He is the nicest guy in the world. too. (laughs) Definitely. We got a lot more local people. We'll talk about them probably as the Olympics progress, but let's talk about the big picture stuff. As we get ready for the games, mm-hmm. the women's gymnastics team, of course, always a point of attention. We got to see them named up close here. So we kind of have a special connection here in St. Louis and this town fell in love with Simone Biles. If they weren't already Rennie, it seems like this is her Olympics. Yeah. She is yeah. the star yeah. and it's all about her. One of the
1: most impressive
0: things about her is
1: she could easily win this thing by just doing somersaults. That's how good she is. <laughs> But she still wants to take it to another level. And she isn't just raising her game. She's like what Tiger Woods did to golf. All of a sudden, all the other gymnasts now have to come out and start doing these these tougher moves. She makes it look so easy that I don't even know if she gets all the points she really deserves for doing it. And I think that's what's most impressive about Simone Biles is that she challenges herself as much as she challenges the competition. And she keeps taking it up. She's in a game by herself. And it's like one of those things where you say, Well, do you have to be beat by the team or do you have to worry about beating yourself? In some ways, she has to worry about beating herself. Yeah. Maybe trying to do too much, maybe having too much pressure on her shoulders, but so far so good. And how
0: about the fact that her boyfriend went to CBC? He did. He (laughs) did. That's cool. Hey, we'll take any St. Louis connection we can get. Uh, Casey, I want to ask you about swimming a little bit. Uh, Maybe you've seen, I don't know. I think you told me you were at swimming in London. I might be getting that wrong. We have some special moments maybe this year, Katie Ledecky, Caleb Dressel, Simone Manuel, I mean, swimming is my favorite, my favorite Olympic event to watch because it's so exciting. It seems like there are rivalries between other countries there, maybe more than some other sports. Uh, what's your take on swimming?
2: Well, we just keep cranking out uh, world class swimmers, right? Like Michael Phelps is officially done. That he was the the main focus since going all the way back to. Two thousand, correct? Athens or help me out, Renny? But yeah, I think oh, yeah. Yeah. I
0: think Athens yeah. was that. 0- or, or Sydney, 0-4. Sydney, 4.
2: Sydney, 4. Sydney, 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 two thousand. Sydney. So, so from two thousand to twenty sixteen, he was the focus uh, of all of the attention. Well, meanwhile, some some other names, and, and mean, and some have come and gone in the time that he maintained his dominance. But yeah, and, and on the women's side, especially, you mentioned a couple of names there. Uh, I just think it's incredible that we have some amazing storylines to follow in the u.s for people who will very likely be, be on the on the podium if not taking home the gold
0: on the track we've got allison felix racing in her fifth mm-hmm. olympics mm-hmm. that's insane especially for a track athlete her yeah. first is a mother sydney mclaughlin on the hurdles uh, rennie you've been catching up with don harper nelson who made another bid? What just yeah. you're on the track beat a little bit. What's well, your take there? track? I, just, <laughs> I ran track and field in high school and in college. And so for me,
1: I'm into the sprints. I love watching the sprinters. I think Allison Felix is that other big story because here she is. She was a she just gave birth. You know, she's a mom. She's as old as she is. She's still at the top of her game. And in many ways, yeah, the young folks may be the ones to beat, but somehow she finds that edge to get the job done. There's a lot to be learned from her. Our women's track and field team is incredible. They, they dominate. And Jamaica might be the closest one to running with it when it comes to running on the track. What disappoints me is our men. For some reason, our men's track and field team just doesn't impress you like you would hope that they would. We see competitive in the 100, competitive in the hurdles, drop the baton when it comes to the uh, relay, You know, little things like that that really aggravate you. But if they can run well together, we should dominate the the medal stands for the women and the men when it comes to track and field. And look at our, our field people. Though. We're talking about Price and, and, and everybody like that. We could do very well in these Olympics. We've got the most athletes we've had in forever, I believe, 329 women on the crew. So I think we've got a pretty
0: good shot here for Bring it back some gold. Could be a lot of American gold coming Mm. our way. Okay. Last thing before we wrap up, last thing before we wrap up this episode, Mm. I got to ask you guys your favorite, I'm going to call it weird. The athletes may not like that, Mm. but the Olympics has a lot of out there kind of things you don't see all the time. What's your favorite kind of interesting or obscure event, handball, ping pong, whatever, maybe you saw it in person covering Casey. I'll let you go first here. Well,
2: I'm going to, I'm actually going to go back to hammer throw. Uh, because Deanna, uh, got me in the ring and made me throw it, uh, a few years ago when I was first covering her. Now, <clears throat> if you saw me try to do anything athletic, you would know what I'm about to say is ridiculous, but I did throw the discus in high school. Maybe even place did a conference meet a couple of times when I tried to do what she makes look so easy. It just gave me a new, a new appreci- appreciation of not only the skill level, but the repetition, the muscle memory, the thing we said earlier, they're on another level of focus. They're on another level of athletic ability, but the way they combine it all. So I'll say hammer throw. I don't think I really paid attention to hammer throw until she came on the scene. So that that's mine. You got You gotta, you gotta appreciate the footwork and the strength. It's uh, it's quite the combination of skills, I think.
0: Randy, what do you? Well, uh, how about the whole idea, idea of not
1: getting dizzy when you are doing that? Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. So, so I've got two. When it comes to the Winter Olympics, because I finally got to go for the first time, curling was just incredible. Because you think this is a bunch of guys that look like bowlers, but they're actually very skilled. The other one I got to watch when I was in the hospital in twenty sixteen because I had nothing to do, so I sat there watching the Olympics. Is rugby rugby sevens? It is so fast. It's such a game. It's just go 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 go. If you have an opportunity to catch it live, you gotta watch it live. And Lindenwood is one of the best programs of the nation
0: when it comes to rugby. You think you could have held your own at rugby instead of football back in the day?
1: No, because they run
0: way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need to huddle up every once in a while to take my breath. But yeah, it,
1: it's it's. That is a great sport to watch.
0: I'm a table tennis guy. Yeah. I got to find out. I got to find out when that's yeah. going on. Because Well, that's one of the ones you get down in your basement and act right. like you're, right. you're not you nearly can like this like like that. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Sports Plus Podcast, focusing on the Olympic Games in Tokyo. We'll hopefully have a few more of these as the games progress. Have a great week, everybody.